Today's episode is sponsored by ZocDoc. Life is full of compromise, but there's one thing in life that you should never compromise on, your own health. That's why I like to use ZocDoc to find the best doctors for me. That's how I found my personal doctor, as well as the pediatrician for my little girl. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Once you find the doctor you want, you can book them immediately. No more awkwardly waiting on hold with a receptionist. My favorite thing is that you can see doctor reviews. I mean, who wants to go to a doctor who makes you sit alone in a room for an hour and then rushes out after barely speaking to you? I love using ZocDoc because, to be honest, it's easy and I'm lazy. Go to ZocDoc.com RS and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash R-S. ZocDoc.com slash R-S. Today's episode is sponsored by Liquid IV. I work out every week, so it's important to stay hydrated. Plus, on top of working out, I've got a three-year-old whose favorite after-meal activity is to run laps, like the little psychopath that she is. Clearly, I need all the hydration I can get. That's why I like to use Liquid IV for my workouts and just for my daily drinking. Liquid IV hydrates you with benefits like electrolytes, essential vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients. With three times the electrolytes of leading sports drinks, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in a single stick, it's clear why Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. And I mean, yeah, vitamins and electrolytes are nice and all, but what about taste? They've got white peach, green grape, raspberry melon, and my favorite, lemon lime. Tastes great to me. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use code R at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code R at liquidiv.com. Welcome to R Malicious Compliance, where the poo hits the fan. Our next Reddit post is from The Filmer. I'm at Costco trying to order a pair of glasses. If you've never been to Costco, the optical department is usually either next to the entrance or next to the membership desk on the way to the exit. If it's the latter, the entire area is pandemonium from people trying to exit, return things, get membership, and order optical lenses. My local Costco is the latter. I'm standing there with my ticket waiting to be called. My ticket is like 54, and they're on number 48, and there are only like three guys, so this is taking a while. I notice a woman in the area who's holding a fussy toddler, which is, I suppose, just on the verge of being able to talk, looking for the first available employee. It just so happens that one of the optical guys was done with a customer, so the woman goes up to him and they have an exchange like this. Excuse me, I... Ma'am, you need to take a ticket and wait. But I just... Ma'am, take a ticket. There were other people in front of you. Yeah, but I just wanted to... Ma'am, take a ticket! That's the last time I'm gonna tell you. You can wait in line like everyone else. At this point, the woman accepts defeat, and her toddler is getting fussy. She grabs a ticket and puts her child on the ground. The kid is loudly crying at this point, but I have my headphones in, just trying to wait for my turn. And then it happens. This kid unleashes a torrent of poo that basically explodes his pants and gets all over the nearby display. I'm amazed that this much poo came out of this little boy. The kid is crying up a storm, and his mom is trying to comfort him, but the poo just keeps coming and coming. At the same time, the kid is waddling around, getting it all over the place. Everyone in the area, myself included, jumps back and gives this lady some space. Finally, after what seems like an eternity, it stops. 
The kid is crying, his mom is holding him, and poo is running down her arms. There's fecal matter in about a 10-foot radius everywhere. All traffic to the exit has stopped as horrified shoppers look on. The optical department is staring at this woman. The lady marches herself and her son up to the man. I was wondering if you could tell me where the bathroom was. The Costco guy who yelled at this woman sheepishly points out where the bathrooms are and the woman walks off with her son. I decide to come back later when the area doesn't smell like a raccoon just died, trying to stifle my laughter the whole way. Too long, didn't read. A lady took a number and it happened to be number two. Our next Reddit post is from Exotic Equipments. I got fired from my job due to an injury and I had to be hospitalized for a significant time. In my contract, it stated that if I had more than X amount of sick days in a 12-month period, I could get my contract terminated with one month notice. So that happened, and of course, I contacted my union. They told me that it was a legal termination, but they asked about a specific part of my contract, which was about my commission. Turns out I missed out on some special commission during my employment, and I totally missed it when I read my contract when I got employed. My union advised me to contact my boss, show him the part of my contract, and proof of the missing commission and try to get a settlement. The missing amount was for about 3,000 euros. I went to see my boss and started with a nice chat. After about 10 minutes, I brought up the issue, showed him my contract, and pointed out that I never got the commission from the contract. My boss told me straight up to contact his lawyers and that we were done talking and he told me to leave. Cue malicious compliance. I went home, looked over every paycheck, and set up a meeting with a lawyer. We found a lot of small mistakes on my paycheck and summed everything up. We sent an official letter to his lawyers, and we got an answer from them a few days later. He was willing to settle for the first amount, 3,000 euros. I smiled and laughed. No can do, Mr. Bossman. Not anymore. Now I want the full amount. 10,000 euros, plus pension, plus 15% damages, plus legal fees. Also, I have proof of everything to back up my claim. We went to court, and guess what? He lost big time. I've now planned a nice vacation, and I still have more money than I asked for in the first place. Our next Reddit post is from Hippo Singularity. I'm a truck driver. More specifically, I drive a concrete mixer. This means a large part of my job is dealing with people who know nothing about concrete, nothing about my equipment, but still think they know better than me, since I'm obviously just a bad-smelling, gap-toothed hillbilly who didn't graduate high school. In short, concrete is what happens when malicious compliance goes for a drunken joyride down the Gunning Kruger Parkway. So, on this particular day, I was pouring at a school out in the middle of nowhere. Our concrete plant was a half hour away. It was also over 110 degrees. Schools usually do their renovation or repair work in the summer. The order indicated that they were going to use a concrete pump, and the manager, Bob, told me to throw in some fiber. There's a few different types of fiber we use. However, the only one that works with a trailer pump consists of small squares woven out of a cotton-like material that come apart in the mix. I throw it in the mixture. So we get to the job site and start pumping. Everything's going well for the first couple of yards. Then, the pump's reducer, which is a pipe running across the front of the pump, snaps, swings out, and slams into my foot. I wasn't hurt, but it turns out the reason why this happened is because the guy running the pump knew that he shouldn't have done something, but did it anyways. Now I'm pissed. These pumps operate at massive pressures, and I've seen them blow out concrete hard enough to knock a man over 20 feet away. If I hadn't been wearing steel-toed shoes, I might very well have broken something. 
Eventually, the customer comes over to see what the problem is. He looks down at the pile of concrete dripping out of the broken pipe, prods it with his foot, and asks, where's the fiber we ordered? I explain that the mixture we use can't be seen after it mixes with the concrete, but I assure him that I added it personally. He then starts yelling at me, saying that he didn't order Buckeye fiber, he ordered plastic fiber. He pulls out his paperwork, and sure enough, that's what he ordered. I admit that this was a mistake, but I also tell him that the fibers he ordered won't work with the pump that he's using. The inspector tries to explain that these fibers are just as good, or maybe even better than what he ordered, and he's willing to sign off on the change. The customer isn't hearing any of it. We finish the load, and the customer orders another 10 yards. I call it in, adding the bit about the broken pipe, and that the customer was upset that the first load had buckeye instead of plastic fiber. My coworker that I'm talking to can hear the customer swearing at me over the radio. Now, this coworker that I'm talking to, Bob, tends to be very protective of his drivers. He's also more than willing to let customers hang themselves with their own lack of knowledge. I once watched him let a customer waste $1,400 on liquid stupid. Now, Bob could have loaded another truck right there and then and shipped it out. Instead, he noted that only one truck was scheduled for this job, and he waited for me to drive the half hour back to the plant. Then, he prepared the load of concrete with plastic fibers and brought the ticket down personally. As he handed me the ticket, he said, Don't forget, they ordered at a 4-inch slump. Now, concrete slump is a measure of how wet it is. It's measured by packing the concrete into a 12-inch tall cone, setting it on the ground, pulling the cone off, and checking how far the pile of concrete dropped, slumped. Four inches is something of a default order. But the only things you pour that dry are footings and curves, and you definitely don't put concrete that dry into a trailer pump. So I load up and drive back to the job. By now, the customer's been sitting out there for over an hour in 110 degree heat. The pumper is panicking because the concrete is setting inside the pump. As soon as the concrete reaches the back of the drum, the pumper tells me to stop and add a bunch of water. The inspector authorizes 10 gallons. It's still drier than the pumper wants, but the inspector won't allow more. Then, the concrete hits the pump's grate. Everything is fine for a couple of seconds. Then, it just starts piling up without going through. All those plastic fibers the customer ordered are getting caught up in the grating and clogging it up. The gravel can't get through with the fiber blocking things, so the only thing getting through is pure cement and water. The customer comes out furious. He accuses Bob of spiking the load with extra fiber and tries to reject the load. I point out that we warned him the load wouldn't be pumpable, and besides that, by having me add water to the load, they've already purchased it. So at this point, we have to pump for a few seconds, clean the grade, and then pump for a few more. The job took about three hours, which translated to about $300 of standby charges. Most of the fiber and quite a bit of gravel never left the pump. The inspector took samples of the concrete, and a month later, when those extra samples failed their 28-day test, the school had to tear out that sidewalk and redo the whole thing. This time, they ordered it with Buckeye fibers. Man, Opie, I learned more about concrete than I ever thought I would ever need to know, and it sounds like your customer learned a lesson too. Our next Reddit post is from Raj Already Taken. This happened a couple of years ago at Canadian Tire with one of their Mastercraft tools that often go on sale for huge discounts. We were helping my in-laws clear out old belongings when they were moving, and I found an impact wrench that looked unused with a two-year-old receipt attached. 
My father-in-law said that there was always a problem with it, so he never used it, but forgot to return it. I decided to return it to Canadian Tires since they have long warranties on their products. The customer service rep looked at the receipt for 60 bucks on a sale from $200 and said, You can't return this item with this receipt. Too much time has passed and the receipt is useless. I tried explaining that there were real issues with it, but she didn't believe me. I googled the issues right there, and the item came up as a recall item for the exact reason I stated. I showed it to her, and she begrudgingly agreed that I could return it as a recall. She asked for the receipt back so that she could refund me, and I said, No, too much time has passed, and the receipt is useless. She then glared at me and processed a cash refund for 225 bucks, including taxes. Down in the comments, we have this stupid story from Strict. I bought a socket set that was on sale. Two weeks later, it goes on sale for 20 bucks less. I went in with my receipt and I asked for a price adjustment and was told that I would need to bring in the product. For 20 bucks, I'll stop by on my way home, but I'm not gonna make multiple trips. So my solution was to buy a new one at the lower price, then walk to returns and hand them the same product with my old receipt for a refund. What a excellent waste of my time. Our next Reddit post is from Biller Girl. A few days ago, I was driving home from going clothes shopping for my new job that I was starting in a week, when my car literally caught on fire with me and my four-year-old son in it. I had just bought 200 bucks worth of clothes, and my laundry was in the car from the laundromat. I had already given notice to my boss that I was quitting the next day. I called in to tell her what happened, and that I wouldn't be in due to smoke inhalation issues, and that I had to go get a new car. That day was supposed to be my last day. She decides to tell me that I need to return my three work shirts and both lab coats, or I would have the cost garnished from my last check. I told her they were a pile of ash at the salvage yard. She tells me that I have to bring them in. Okay, will do. Tuesday, <laughs> Tuesday, I walked in with a picture of my laundry basket melted in my car and a Ziploc bag filled with ashes and mud. I recorded myself giving them to her and telling her again what happened. I got a side eye and a WTF? I walked out with a smirk. Down in the comments, we have this story from Zombie Girl Me. Once upon a time, a lady crashed her car into my mom's front yard. The car was on fire, the lady was stuck, and thick black clouds of smoke were billowing upwards. We had no idea if the car would blow up or not, but the lady wasn't moving. My family stood around just watching, and I finally decided to go for it, open the back up, and drag the lady out. Meanwhile, my mom was on the phone with 911. They got there about 10 minutes later. I was 8 months pregnant at the time, and I coughed up so much black mucus. I never got taken to the hospital or anything, but I had to go to work that day, so I went. Because of the accident, and because we had to wait for emergency services, I was late to work. I called them to let them know I was coming in late, but they didn't care. I was written up for being late, put on notice, and I lost my bonus that month. But then they had a party to congratulate me for saving the lady? Like, WTF! Wow! Okay, man, that story was full of plot twists. When Opie was describing this, I was not imagining an 8 months pregnant lady rushing to the rescue, and the twist ending did not see that one coming. Our next Reddit post is from Green Egg Page. This story comes from my favorite teacher in high school, Charlie, from back in the 80s. He was a chemistry teacher, a mild, short man, but devious. 
If you tried to take a nap during his class, he would just keep talking, walk over to the ammonia bottle, wet a rag, and drop it beside your head, all while acting like nothing was going on. Charlie, for quite some time, would let students have fun on the last day before Christmas break, until the principal told him that he had to teach the kids something, so he complied. He set up an experiment for that day. The ingredients included sucrose, glucose, protein pellets, and 4-hydroxy-3-methoxy-benzaldehyde. As the students happily perform their experiment, the principal sticks his head in the door to ensure that Charlie is actually having them do something productive, and he's happily surprised. Charlie fills the principal in on the experiment using big scientific words. As the principal is about to leave, he remarks, Why does it smell like peanut brittle in here? And every year after that, we made peanut brittle on the last day of class for the semester. That was r slash malicious compliance. And if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.